I had to deeply reflect on the facts of the case. And, and there's only one answer in my mind, and it's... to the happy hearthstone the longest running hearthstone podcast in the history of space and time and cards and i'm your host today noodle swoop and yet again guy grumpy is spending some time with the family but not to worry i have a special guest host coming to join us today as well say hello hi i'm the jiminator it's a pleasure to meet you all and jiminator you want to introduce yourself a little bit to our uh listening audience as they may not have a chance to uh have met you yet Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm the Geminator. I'm a Hearthstone player, streamer, memer, content creator. Uh, I'm very, very obsessed with playing Rogue, but I dabble in all the classes a little bit. I have over 23,000 Rogue wins. I'm currently the second highest Rogue wins in North America, only behind J. Alex. And I'm almost certainly top 10 worldwide. Optimistically, I'm top four. But besides that, I have the most rogue losses worldwide, almost certainly, because I like to experiment with very weird decks. Right now, my baby is uh, Reno Ranithal Rogue. I've been trying to get it to legend, having a lot of fun with it. I'm also known for this deck called Ankasari Highlander, which is a deck where you used Anka the Buried, Octosari, a whole bunch of chunky death rattles and a Highlander deck and used it to create weird combos while you played Highlander shenanigans. I'm also known for, way back in 2017, I was one of the first people to play Prince Keliseth Rogue to High Legend. It actually got me to rank 5 Legend. So, a lot of fond memories of playing aggro, even. As long as it's Rogue, I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. It's like you're the, you know, the, the... Rogue counterpart to my paladin main uh, aspirations. I definitely enjoy the off-meta stuff too. Eh, granted, on-meta can sometimes also uh, spark my interest. It all depends on on the way I'm feeling. So I appreciate you coming on and helping us out. But of course, this is the Happy Hearthstone, so that means we get to ask you, what's making you happy? Well, I think it could only be one thing right now, and that's got to be new cards. <laughs> always a fun, always a fun time when we're exploring and trying to guess where the new cards will go and how good they'll be. I'm very excited for this set with uh, Murder and Castle Nathria because for the last couple years, the second expansion of the year, so like Skolomance Academy or uh, United in Stormwind, they'd be a very noticeable power jump from the previous expansions. And it would lead to very combo-centric metas, which can be good but also can be frustrating. 
However, this time, I really have no idea where it's going to go because the power level hasn't really gone much higher. It's been about the same. It's just exploring different design spaces. So it's going to be very exciting to see how this new meta shakes out. I'm excited to see where it goes as well. I feel like they're they're pushing different archetypes even within Paladin. Kind of felt like Quest Paladin was kind of in this little like weird space where it was like, yeah, you don't even really want to play it because you don't even have the cards to play it. So it's wondering whether or not that's even going to become viable again. Like, will Quest Rogue all of a sudden be like, oh, it's popping off because that all of a sudden became like the way to go. Yeah. One never knows. So um, I'm, no. I I definitely want to see that route that it takes as well. It, it is an exciting time. As far as when it comes down to happiness, the thing that's made me most happy is I just got a brand new computer set up. I know it's actually something I've been talking about in multiple episodes, uh, but finally got it uh, set up. It's sitting next to me, uh, pulsing beautiful golden colors at me. That's awesome. With, uh, you know, little purple accents because I, you know, want to make sure that it screams paladin to me. <laughs> And uh, just getting it all set up, though, it, it's definitely a labor of love, but it's those fun little incremental changes and then testing it out. And I even took it for a spin doing a quick little stream as I pushed my way to Legend actually last night and made Legend. So being able to do all that on my new system, it, it just felt really good. And I just feel like I'm going to go leaps and bounds better with all of the various things that I'm going to be doing. So definitely my little point of pride and what's making me incredibly happy right now. Congratulations. That's awesome. I just got to say, it's interesting when you think about it, that like getting your own like custom made computer, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like how people in the fifties and sixties viewed uh, getting their own cars where it's like, you're putting your own, like, yeah, there's the stock car you can buy, but there's also the cars that you put a little extra love into and like you try to optimize it in your own way. And I think that's really cool that computers have kind of taken that role in our society in a way. Yeah, I would agree. I think it, it also all depends on what, what a person needs. And even some people have gotten to the point where it's like, eh, the only computer I really need is my uh, cell phone, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, and that's actually one of the great things about Hearthstone, too, is you can play it just on your cell phone if you wanted to, but you can also play it on the computer, which is great. Yeah. So that that actually puts us back to Hearthstone again, which we're here to review the remaining. We have 46 cards left. Uh, the, the We got not only do we have the last week of cards, but we also had the final dump. So we'll be able to go through all those cards and kind of get our takes on it and we'll have fun along the way. So. We'll start off with Demon Hunter, which Demon Hunter starts off with a one mana epic spell, Sinful Brand. Brand an enemy minion. Whenever it takes damage, deal two damage to the enemy hero. Uh, this is a weird one, but I do, I admire the, like, this is the kind of card where I wish Expendable Performers was still in standard. Because Expendable Performers would turn, you'd have like this eight mana combo that turns into a super burn combo against really big minion. As it stands, I don't know what you play this in right now, but if you can generate a lot of small tokens, this can be pretty strong. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, but you you also have to have like a big minion on the other side of the board. So it's almost like it's very, very meta specific. Like, is there going to be another big warrior, big paladin, big druid out there that ends up 
resulting in, yeah, we need to be able to deal damage this way to to end the game. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know if it necessarily fits in any specific deck that I can think of at the present moment, though. Yeah, same here. Uh, it is It is the kind of card where it's like, once you see the right meta and you see the right support, you'll probably jam it in there just to like cheese some wins from people. But right now, I, I don't see that home. It, it, it may also work well just in like an aggro deck, just because of the fact that it is one mana for two damage, even if it's just one minion you're hitting. That is actually an interesting point. It basically basically means that like instead of... Because normally when you trade in aggro, it feels like you're losing. So... This is kind of a card that says, no, 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 don't feel bad. You might have to trade, but we're going to give you a little, you get, you'll get a little bit of damage. It's okay, buddy. Uh, so maybe it will see play in some aggro lists. If Again, I think it's a little more meta dependent, but I could see some aggro lists jamming it just because like you need that extra burst. Like maybe Renathal is very popular this meta. And you just need that extra burst. No, just just so that way you can finish with committing your murder. And then after you're done committing your murder, you're going to need to use the next spell that we have, which is our zero mana rare spell, Dispose of Evidence. Give your hero plus three attack this turn. Choose a card in your hand to shuffle into your deck. This card is really strong. The whole uh, This whole mechanic in uh, Demon Hunter of dumping your hand and then refilling your hand for powerful tempo plays is pretty good, I would imagine. There's a couple cards in there that are just, like, strong on a base level. And uh, Dispose the Evidence is just really strong on a base level. It's basically it's basically pre-nerf Twin Slice, but slightly better, almost, uh, in terms of damage output. Listen, zero... Like, I'm just thinking, like, this is, like, pre-nerf, or this is, like, beta version of Soulfire, where it's, like... You're dealing more damage than you'd expect to for zero mana, but you're paying a cost. And in an aggro uh, demon hunter deck, this is not a real cost. This is this is uh, this is just a cost of playing the deck. So I think it's, I think it'll see play if that aggro uh, hand burn demon hunter is good. Oh, and I I feel like what we're leaning into is this fact that like what you're going to do is is play as Demon Hunter where you're setting up to like have very little cards in your hand. And that's purposeful because otherwise you'd have to either shuffle something back in or discard it when it comes to like Crixus. So I feel like this is going to be really powerful. Getting zero mana means that you can also use it immediately, making sure that you have absolutely no cards in your hand. So that way that magnifying glaive does its does its job right pulling everything back into your hand and you might even see them use things like tiny fin where you know it's zero mana but and it's only a one one but that's that's great it's it's a card that's going to be in into your hand out of your hand just as quickly and so that allows you to continue to just push push and push that that tempo really hard um i feel like we're it's (laughs) this is going to be something that we see it but we don't realize how how hyper-aggressive Demon Hunter is really going to be. Or at least this version. You're not going to be playing this with relics, but uh, this is going to be very wacky. Hope you guys got your uh, weapon removals and your heals ready. (laughs) Because, yeah, this deck's going to be pushing you in the face pretty hard. Oh, (laughs) I think it's going to be even worse than what people thought initially. (laughs) So Yeah, this was a surprise last minute, like, power boost. 
Because before you're like, oh, this is an interesting tempo aggro deck. And then you see like stuff like Dispose of the Evidence. I'm like, okay, now it's going to be a really hard face deck. That's, yeah. Instead of face hunter, it's face demon hunter. <laughs> All right. And so then we move on to Druid. With Druid, we have our six mana, seven, six common death blossom Womper with a battle cry, draw a death rattle minion and gain its death rattle. This is what the death rattle package needed. Uh, it's <laughs> we were waiting we were waiting for an enabler, and this is one heck of an enabler. If you remember back in the day, uh, Cobalts and Catacombs, there was the Hunter card, which was a six mana five four that was copy a death rattle in your deck. Whopper is just a better version of that card. And that card was playable back then, but uh, this is going to be significantly better because Druid has ramp, Druid has heal, Druid has all it needs right now. And I'm very excited to see if it's going to work, but Whopper is going to be a key piece. I definitely think we're going to see use of the location card for Druid with with all of these parts and pieces once you put them all together. And there's probably even Death Rattles that we haven't considered from other sets that will also work really well. I I, I don't doubt that there's going to be a, a Death Rattle Druid that pops up right away. What I do wonder is, will it actually be enough value or enough of a, a board presence to be able to actually merit out putting damage face nothing has charge nothing's like shooting damage at your face although we do have mines that exist so there's possibilities in in various avenues but uh it'll be interesting to see how it all all works out i don't know if you play mines in this i think this plays more like katharina Winterwisp hunter where it's like you just spam a big guy on the board or like two big guys on the board Except the problem with that deck was always, oh, if they got too much face damage on you, you'd die. Whereas with this deck, it's you won't have quite as much direct damage, but instead you'll have a lot more defensive tools letting you go for those big value plays. The, the real problem is, is this better than anything Druid currently does? And that's the real problem, is I don't know if it is. But I'm excited to play around with it and see. Yeah, it'll be fun to play with. Along with this next card, our four mana, three, two epic card, Widow Bloom Seedsman. Battle cry, draw a nature spell, gain an empty mana crystal. What can I say? I love Seedsman. That's a terrible joke. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what's interesting about Widow Bloom Seedsman is that it reminds me a lot of, in my opinion, one of the coolest Magic the Gathering cards. I don't play a lot of Magic the Gathering. The few times I've played it, there's always been one card that jumped out at me and I just really enjoy playing. And that was a card called Solemn Simulacrum, which is a four mana neutral, quote unquote, card where it's a two, two. And its effect is put a land onto the field, death rattle, draw a card. So this is very similar to that, but uh, better in a lot of ways. And though it's not neutral, it's this is one of those cards where it's like if you're looking for that last two slots and you haven't put this in, what are you doing? And why was this not in there before? But it's going in there. So this is one of those cards where it's like, I'm expecting most, if not all, druids to play this until it rotates. Definitely. I, it, to me, it, it seems like a no-brainer when you're talking about ramp druid. I mean, four mana sets you up perfectly to draw into nourish, which gets you more ramp. I mean, and it's ramp itself. It, I mean, it's it's a silly, silly card. And it also even sets you up for like that guff turn the next turn following you have six mana 
right after this, you could play Guff and even also use Guff's ability to gain one more mana. So th- there's like two ways that it works out really well. It's it's a ridiculously powerful card. <laughs> even at the the reduced stats of being a 3-2, the 3-2 is like, it's kind of like afterthought. It's just the cherry on top of a Sunday. It's the battle cry itself is just the power of that card. The fact that it's a minion is beside the point. <laughs> it's literally wild growth, draw a card, get a flame imp, all for four mana. Seems pretty good. What's interesting is that with this and Whomper, uh, maybe you could like build a weird deck that's focused around abusing Bran and battle cry synergies. Like, even on, like, once you hit seven mana, Seedsman with Bran is draw two, ramp two, which is sick. And then uh, if you're in the late game, uh, Bran plus Whomper is draw two death rattles, get two death rattle effects on it, which also seems pretty good. If you can combo that with the maze, then you're you're happy. That sounds uh, amazing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all good. (laughs) So we can move on to Hunter where we have our eight mana rare spell collateral damage deals six damage to three random enemy minions. Excess damage hits the enemy hero. Okay. So when I first saw this card, I was like, this card is terrible. Now, after plenty of reflection, I realize this card is terrible, but it'll be really fun. Because there are some incredibly goofy synergies you can do with this card that Hunter has never really been able to do consistently. So the first big goofy synergy is Twinbow Terracoil, if you guys remember from the last set, the four mana Naga that doubles the next spell cast. With collateral damage, that can be almost 30 damage by itself because if you've ever used Piercing Shot and Twinbow Terracoil, then you know that it's you deal the difference. And then it casts again to deal a guaranteed six. So if you do this with collateral damage, it's like you'll deal the difference. So it'll be like four, three, four. And then you'll deal 18 on top of that. So that can almost be an OTK if your opponent has a token board. There's one other goofy thing, uh, which is you can use Primordial Elementalist. It's the uh, card from Forges of the Barons that's eight mana that draws the highest cost spell from your deck. You can play this incredibly goofy deck where you're playing like a mid-gamey face deck and then your top end is Primordial Elemental. You draw collateral damage after setting up the Naga earlier at some point and then you just go collateral damage for like 24 damage if your opponent has three minions on board. So I don't know if that'll be good, but it does sound very funny. Uh, I just think I also need like a two mana way to give my opponent three like little tiny minions. That's that's all I need. <laughs> Why don't we have the warrior, uh, the warrior uh, exploring uh, sentinel, the one, the two mana two six that gave three raptors. Oh, that'd be OP. <laughs> I need someone to the day this card comes out to go in wild, play every random like card generation possible in Hunter and somehow pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, I, I still think there's there's that, that possibility of what it does that still forces players in the late game to think about, okay, I got to make sure I don't have 
three minions on the board. Two is okay. One's fine, but I just don't want to play into this like, oh my goodness, I'm about to take way too much damage. It'll it'll be interesting. I don't <laughs> for eight mana though. Oof. Yeah, it's a hard ask to make uh because like the only other eight mana hunter cards that I've ever really seen play are ones that do raw board presence. So I don't think we've ever seen like an eight mana hunter card only does face damage well it's a board clear as well but this thing does a lot you know it's it's interesting i don't know if it'll actually see play but it's an interesting card nonetheless and then we get to move on to their five mana legendary card uh four five Aralon. and he's got a bell cry summon one of each dormant wild seed which we know from the last episode that means that you would get one of the fox spirit wild seed one of the Bear Spirit Wild Seed, and one of the Stag Spirit Wild Seed. And each of those are dormant for one, two, and three turns uh, progressively, with the Fox Spirit being a 3-1 beast with Rush, the Bear Spirit being a 2-5 beast with Taunt, and the Stag Spirit being a 5-4 beast. But when it awakens, you equip a 4-2 Great Bow. These cards seem really strong. And Aralon, I don't think it'll like define these decks but i do think it's like you want a lot of these kind of effects to take advantage of some of the earlier cards like wild spirits the one that accelerates your wild seeds so aralon is kind of like this sort of accelerator or it's like this sort of increases the density of these kind of effects so the more of these kind of effects you have the stronger cards like wild spirits get i also think we're gonna potentially even see like in the mini set that we're gonna see more of these wild seeds too I just feel it like that feels like a really cool like place for Hunter to go into with this current set of cards for like the three set meta. So I, I would be interested to see what happens mini set as well. Either way, Aralon, he's just he's just really good. I mean, for like a for a one one penalty in stats, you get three turns of pretty great board presence uh, to help you fight the board. So. Seems like a, I mean, if you're willing to play Barack Koto Bane, uh, who just draws some cards, this thing puts threats on the board continuously, which is great. Yeah, seems pretty solid. I feel like there's no complaints, even if he's just standalone and all you're doing is getting the, the stats in him. I feel like he's an inclusion, even if you don't include all the other Wild Seed stuff. He might be, yeah. He might be. Speaking of other Wild Seed stuff, though, we also have the three mana nature spell. That's an epic spell. Wild Spirits. Summon two different dormant Wild Seeds. Make your Wild Seeds awaken one turn sooner. I really like Wild Spirits. Uh, I wasn't 100% like sold on this Wild Seed archetype, but Wild Spirits and the card we're going to talk about next kind of showed me that the density of these cards, there is enough to make them work. And Wild Spirits is like the Wild Spirits is the card where it's like, all right, you got your board full of Wild Seeds and you're just sitting there twirling your thumbs. Now let's pop off. And uh, the other thing that's very cool about Wild Spirits is that, so first of all, it's a three cost spell, which is good for Kodobane. But the other important thing, it has the nature tag. And depending on how you like building your decks, Multicaster is a reasonable option in some Hunter lists for extra draw and wild spirits gives you that option for enabled for a wild seed deck. Whereas before 
you were just like, oh, I'm going to just going to jam this in because it gives me lots of tokens and value. Now it's like, oh, it gives me lots of tokens of value and it can also enable draw. So that seems pretty great. Uh, and I know there there weren't very many nature spell options, even for Hunter in the pool. I mean, like there's revive pet and also like poison spines, I think is what one of them. It's so uh, there's the shell shock, that, but that's pretty much it. So, I mean, when, when you're limited on your choices, you might as well use the one that obviously works really well with uh, the deck that you're building with all these wild seeds. So good find, you know, a, a fire spell and even a nice spell to go along with them. And then you're looking at that multicaster being a definite uh, part of your draw package to help enable the rest of this entire package as a whole well the nice thing with the fire and ice spells and hunter is that they're also searchable with the with the mm -hmm. secret bunker because you can get fire trap and ice trap so it's really neat because in hunter hunter can use multicaster really well because they have the ability to tutor out all their spells so it's like three cost spells can be tutored out by koto bane uh and then the two cost spells can be tutored out with the bunker so you kind of get this whole smorgasbord of possibilities being able to uh, weave in your spells into your regular tempo play. And then just when you're all out of gas, multicaster. And doing it with discounts too. I mean, <laughs> you got me sold yeah. there. And uh, finally, we also have the three mana epic spell, Stag Charge. Deal three damage and summon a random dormant wild seed. So this isn't the flashiest wild seed card, but it does fill a role in the wild seed package that was missing. And that was the ability to immediately impact the board. All the other wild seeds come with the cost that they're kind of delayed. But Stag Charge can actually get rid of a threat on board or hit your opponent in the face and develop wild seed stuff. So this was this was very needed and it's pretty strong. I mean, deal three damage for three isn't good, but deal three damage, get something that gives you more value later. That's really good. And the fact that you can be flexible with that damage, it's not just minion. It can also close out the game for you go face i think you pay for that little bit of flexibility plus the development i think it's right at the right price for for a card plus you know there's always potential ways to discount things as well so yeah overall this wild seed package seems really strong also with the spirit poacher filling a nice two drop slot this almost curves out by itself but i i think this stuff's going to be really good and you even have the the kennels to help give you rush and you also have doggy biscuit and that's in the current uh, pool of hunter spells. So there's a number of ways that even though even the stag might be dormant, you could give it rush and have it have some immediate impact as well. There's, there's a number of ways yeah. that it, it just feels really good to kind of go with this whole uh, wild seed package, even giving the, the bear that like additional attack of the plus two attack, turning it into a four or five that can atta attack immediately and still kind of be a, a big enough threat that is on the board protecting your face it feels like a pretty pretty great package altogether i'm excited to see what decks abuse it the best uh i do like experimenting with hunter lists every once in a while and uh, something i was looking at was this sort of like rat king infuse abuse because i thought that like if any class could use or if any archetype could use infuse effects very well it'd be rat king hunter which is an archetype that is all about spamming little guys, getting them killed, and then 
getting rewards for it. So I'm curious if you could make like a wild seed rat king hunter and how good that would be, but I'm excited to try it out. Could definitely be fun to play with. So we get to move on to Mage. So the next one up for Mage is a 4-mana 4-4 Chatty Bartender. It's a common. At end of turn, if you control a secret, deal 2 damage to all enemies. I don't think this card is like absolutely incredible, but I do think it does fulfill a needed role if we're going to be pushing secret synergies, and that is rewards for playing secrets. Now, my big worry was that we wouldn't get any good enablers for secrets, but surprisingly, we got a couple good ones in neutral. So this card is pretty solid, I think. Uh, If we see more secret support, it will be good. Right now, I don't know if we have quite enough mage secrets to justify it, but like, I mean, it is Consecrate on a Stick even if it's delayed. And Consecrate on a stick sounds really good to me. It kind of reminds me of Brasswing. Granted, it doesn't give you the healing, but it, it is kind of like that constant two damage. And it's all enemies, so it goes phase. So this becomes a, a like a minion with like a soft taunt. It's also pretty sizable body of 4-4 four, for four, four, four is it's pretty good. And on top of it, you think about the fact that like they have that frost spell that summons the water elemental if one of your minions gets attacked in mage. There hasn't been too many minions in mage, at least lately, that feel like they're like a must-kill target. This is definitely one of those targets for mage. So I, I feel like if you're going to build a secret mage, this is an integral part of that. And so it, it definitely helps add more value, especially with the secrets that are currently in their pool. So then we also have the four mana, three, five, Orion Mansion Manager. Some of these cards are literally tongue twisters for us. I don't know why they do it, but it's their legendary. Uh, After a friendly secret is revealed, cast a different mage secret and gain plus two, plus two. Yeah. So this card, I don't know how good it'll be in standard, but this card will be a nightmare in the wild. This does exactly what you want it to do in secret mage, which is just be a threat it's oh, I would say the card that this reminds me the most of is Hanar Shadow Jeweler, the rogue two mana legendary that created this sort of game state where it constantly chained to different secrets. Now, Hanar's pro was that it worked with Burgle synergies and the secrets, like the order that you generate the secrets would be very hard to read or predict to be able to remove optimally. But with Orion, you have less secrets But it does it all by itself, which is way spookier, uh, in my opinion. And it becomes a bigger and bigger minion on board, too. This is the kind of card where it's like, if you have a lot of mage secrets, this is terrifying. But as it stands in standard right now, if secret mage is good, this will be a big reason why. Because it'll just like, it's kind of, it also reminds me of, of Okani, where it's like, if you play this at the right moment with the right setup, it can just win you the game. Orion is similar that way, but the hard part is leveraging the current secrets in the mage pool. Now in wild, your opponent will have no idea what you're playing. So (laughs) Orion's a lot safer of a bet. But uh, here, because the secret pool is so limited, your opponent will be able to reasonably play around a lot of it. Though it is going to be a pain to remove either way. I think it'll also be interesting in the fact that like in wild, it's also possible to now with even that one neutral that we're going to end up talking about, which gets you a secret from a different class. You could potentially have Orion come back to your hand. In fact, multiple times. So like 
you could uh, get Getaway Kodo that gets you a copy. Rogue has a couple of them where they can like cheat death uh, where they get you a copy. So like there's a number of ways where you can set up to like play him and have him like come back even if he does die, which he might not actually even die with the fact that like, there's just so many various secrets. Cause it's not about just mage secrets. It's any friendly secret that is revealed. So no, that's true. You can kind of get a lot of different synergies happening, especially in wild, especially now that we have some more neutral cards that, that allow you to pull from various classes now for every class, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't necessarily know right now if we're in that spot where, it makes sense to really build Secret Mage, but this is probably setting up for even like after rotation or the third expansion for this cycle. So it's it's an interesting card. And I do like the fact that it, it automatically casts. That That's definitely a really cool benefit. Uh, it's definitely a better uh, Secret Legendary than like Paladin has where Paladin's like, oh yeah, just turn your secrets off. Turn them into minions on the board. Wait, but the benefit was that they were secrets. Now they're minions? Well, I hope you have broomstick. (laughs) Yeah, we don't. We don't have any of that. So it's like, I don't know what their thought process was. It was good when Sword was three and you were casting those spells for the secrets for free, getting them all from your deck. Uh, I don't know how... Right now, Mage doesn't really have a, like a way to cast them for free. It has a way to draw them. Oh, there is, though, in uh, the neutral section. You'll see there's a neutral card that enables secret tempo plays for every class. It's I'm very surprised that they printed it as is. When we get there, we'll talk about it. But it's a, it's a very surprising card. All right. Maybe it's more enabled than I think. But... Uh... <laughs> we'll definitely get there we get to move on to the paladin cards next though so we have our three mana rare spell service bell discover a class card from your deck and draw all copies of it i'm no paladin master but i think this is a really neat card uh so not only does this make sense in uh pure paladin but there's also some surprisingly cool uses you could make for it in other paladin decks you could play theoretically a paladin deck with mostly neutrals and then service bell becomes draw specifically these cards i mean carriel is a pretty good card and you do want to draw carriel so being able to tutor out carriel seems very good to me even if you have to pay three mana to do it uh or oh Oh, I, I agree with you there. There's there's multiple different things that, that are great about it. First off, it's three mana draw two um, and two that you get to pick. Like, that that's amazing. I love, I love the fact that finally Paladin has draw. Like, oh my goodness, it, it feels like such a struggle sometimes for the class. But there's also, like, really interesting things that could happen. Like, I think there's there's ways to, to really make it work, and especially when we talk about that there are ways to shuffle things in as well. Uh, it's, it's definitely a possibility to make sure that you're drawing out exactly all those things that you want to find. I'm even thinking stuff like Light Ray. Yeah. Where it's like, if you can somehow make it so that you can play enough paladin spells but pretty consistently discover light ray off this effect that could be a pretty cool little strategy where it's like you turn service bell into three mana two five fives with taunt 
Yeah, and I think that's possible too, especially when you talk about like we have the sous chef and then the the uh, silver hands. Those are all paladin cards, so like they're all one mana as well. So that you're already talking about like three discounts right there. So it's it's possible to to get those light rays out very early, very quickly, and then add the fact that like you can also hand buff and do all kinds of other stuff as well. All right. Uh, are we talking about the mandatory weird paladin card next? <laughs> the mandatory weird seven mana paladin card, which is our holy spell, which is rare divine toll. It shoots five rays at random minions. They give friendly minions plus two plus two and deal two damage to enemy minions. So if it hits an enemy minion, it's going to take two damage. But if it hits your friendly minion, it's going to become bigger. And no one knows where it's going to go. I mean, if you have one minion on the board, you know where it's going. <laughs> yeah, if it, yeah, one minion on the board, you just like, you did better than Dino Size for seven mana. But this is such a weird card. I have no idea how to evaluate it. It's It's entirely possible this card is actually great and I just don't see it. Because like I'm thinking if you want this in like a mid-rangey deck so that you can use this as a pseudo board clear on the enemy, but a big buff on your guy at the same time. I mean, the one thing that's really nice is it is a holy spell, so it can be discounted to six by Cariel. If you can manage to get multiple discounts from Cariel, which can sometimes happen, it happens. Uh, it's possible that you could even potentially discount it down further, which, I mean, five mana for this effect? Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> like, like the, the question becomes, will we ever actually get that type of plan in place? Six mana is definitely, that's reasonable. You might have it in your hand, get Cariel. That could happen. It's interesting. I will say, say that much. Uh, do I think it will be good? I think that remains to be seen. We do know that we've actually seen seven mana holy spells used even in the last set with the immortalized in stone. That actually created a board, but to follow it up and actually buff that board, I don't know. It's it's such a weird card. (laughs) It'd be different if it like was like, all right, we're gonna summon two silver hands and then shoot off the light rays. Okay, cool. Right, like some synergy stuff and then potential for your minions on the board to also get buffed. It doesn't even do that. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, it is 10 damage on the enemy board and maybe that's enough like to clear the threats that are you're facing. Yeah. But then it's, I, I was going to say it's just the consecrate, but if you think about it, it's, it actually be like, it's interesting because it almost works like dynamatic. It's like a big dynamatic, but with no body but that also buffs your board if you have one. I I have no idea how to rate this card. It's entirely possible this thing's like incredible, but I just conceptualizing it is really hard. So I'm excited to see what, if it ends up being good. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out. There's, it's definitely something I'm going to play with. It's definitely something that's going to see uh, like being slotted into my deck just, just for silliness. Plus it also has Stuart the Steward on it in its card art. So that, that's reason enough for me to include it too. I'll figure it out. All right. I'm excited to see. It, it might take me a little bit, but we do have a, another seven mana card coming up. And this one's actually not as, as hard for us to figure out. It's our seven mana, seven, seven legendary, the Countess with a battle cry. If your deck has no neutral cards, add three legendary invitations to your hand. 
And those invitations are a three mana spell that says discover a legendary minion from another class. It costs zero. I think this card's like, I think this is a cool payoff for Pure Paladin. The main issue is like, at least if I think about how old Pure Paladin worked, old Pure Paladin wasn't good because of its seven mana payoff. Old Pure Paladin was good because it had a really good four mana that, and you sometimes use the seven mana payoff as well. So I don't know how good Pure Paladin will be, but this is pretty strong because like not, not only do you discover the legendary, so you choose specifically which legendary you get that costs zero, but like a lot of, you're also specifically doing class legendaries, which means they're generally going to be better than neutral ones. So I think the power level is absolutely there. I just don't know if uh, if uh, Pure Paladin is good enough. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, we almost need another Pure Paladin-specific card that might be in that three or four mana range. Just one more would push it over the edge, right? Yeah. I, there, there are enough cards, even Light Ray is kind of like a Pure Paladin. It's not specifically, but it is. Uh, you you even have the the muckborn servant that also helps with that synergy, but it doesn't necessarily like give you the benefits. But I feel like we're getting there, right? We have more draw. We have uh, uh, a a end game payoff card. We've got multiple ways to kind of like maki roll as multiple paladin cards. There's also the snob, the Zilliax. No. Mm-hmm. The Lita Snob, we've got the this, this Sue Chef. I feel like the synergy and the amount of cards that go towards that synergy is there. But the payoff needs to be there too. And while Elita Snob is sort of a payoff, it may not... It, I don't know if it's necessarily enough to, to get there being in that five mana range. It's almost like it's close. Uh, one more... one like I feel like one more card would be like, yes, that's it. We're there. Um, yeah. And... Granted, I mean, even with as it is, like the combination of like the the location, Great Hall, and how that works with the Elita Snob also feels really good. Those combination of things were kind of at that right spot. I feel like the Countess is is one of those great long term late game payoffs. There are definitely legendary minions from other classes that are powerful and don't require. Uh, that I need to have a synergy thing going as well because the Colossals, as we've seen, are just amazing right like yeah. i i could easily grab the colossal from priest easily grab the colossal from uh even even from uh shaman because you're talking about some of these things require infused costs for things so those parts and pieces great for infused cost um and you're you're kind of off to the races granted paladin didn't quite quite get too many infused cards specifically but there may be some more coming down the way with the mini set and yeah. i i just i'm excited for it i i feel like i'm gonna have a lot of fun uh playing with the countess so i'm i'm looking forward to doing some more pure things yet again sweet all right we get to move on to priest priest got a four mana two five common partner in crime with a battle cry summon a copy of this minion at the end of your I think it is good enough, mainly because it synergizes very well with buffs. This is basically like Echoing Ooze, that really old card from Noxramas. 
twice the mana cost, twice the stats. Actually, a little more than twice the stats. This seems good in Naga Priest, but aside from that, I don't know what you're playing this in. The interesting thing, though, it's not a Naga. If it was a Naga, it'd be probably too good. Be like, broken. You just gotta, like, use this to, like, weave your Naga buffs. I almost wonder if you don't necessarily go the Naga route, but instead still go with, like, that buff synergy. And maybe Nagas aren't part of that. The wigs might be in there just for like a little minor buff, but oh. then like not worrying about getting copies. Maybe. I Again, I, I don't know Priest super well, so I'm just assuming that it's going to be decent for like these sort of board-based Priest decks. Well, maybe it works really well with our next card, the two mana, two, three epic card, Mysterious Visitor with a battle cry. Reduce the cost of cards copied from your opponent by two. That doesn't sound like that works with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it does not. Uh, but I need to know how this effect works because I'm assuming this is just like reduce the cards that you have currently copied because the wording suggests maybe it works with cards that you'll get later. And if that's the case, then this is actually incredible. But I'm assuming it's just the ones you currently have. I, I have to assume it's just the ones that you currently have. There's there's no way that it would be in property. Like, that would, that, that would be broken. Listen, they wanted to make Thief Priest good. This is how you do it. You break it wide open. <laughs> this is a pretty solid Thief Priest support card. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Ethereal Peddler, an old Burgle Rogue support card back in the day. And the problem with the Ethereal Peddler was it was a 5-mana five 5-6 five, that had this effect. And there's nothing wrong with a 5-mana five 5-6, five, but there's also nothing great about a 5-mana five 5-6. Five, Though the real problem is that you have to spend 5-mana on a 5-mana five 5-6. Five, Mysterious Visitor, on the other hand, you only have to spend 2-mana. So if you have one card that's copied, it's already paid for itself. Anymore... And you're just ecstatic. So I think this card is pretty solid. I'm guessing Thief Priest will be like an engine you tack on to other priest decks. Like maybe you do you tack this on to like a Shadow Priest deck. So you'll have like these cards that generate value, and then you'll use Visitor to like go hard on tempo. And that lets you like leverage your hero power to deal two damage every turn with Benedictus. Yeah, I mean, that's very possible, especially as we know the next card that we have as well is our three mana shadow spell, which is a common spell identity theft. Discover a copy of a card from your opponent's hand and deck. So with that, you've got now two cards from your opponent that you've copied. And so automatically you're talking about a mana discount, making that minion free. Whatever other card you end up playing, hopefully also really good for for you to have that maintain maintenance of tempo and kind of getting ahead of your opponent because of the fact that your cost reductions are are benefiting you more than them and a big problem with shadow priest normally is running out of cards this gives you a way to keep yourself in the game i mean three mana discover two cards is pretty sick like we've always considered that three mana draw two is like base level good or solid at least so now three mana discover two seems very good to me even if it is cards specifically from your opponent's deck well and it's a discover so it's not just random cards yeah. because like that's some of the problems with doing the thief priest before it was random cards some of those cards wouldn't help you out at all but if you're able to pick the specific ones that you get a copy of like that can be devastating you also this is the last really sick thing about this card because you know that one of the things you discover is their hand you do get information on their hand too, which is frankly great. 
So this this card just seems very good to me. You also get information on their deck or what they don't have in their hand. True. All all in all, that's a really solid card. And it even, I think, works really well with some of the other cards that we've already talked about, like uh, the Harvester of Envy and even uh, the Mad Duke. So, you know, there's a good variety of cards that, that definitely help out with a priest fulfilling the, the role of a thief. But then we get to move on to the rogue cards, which are the actual thief cards. And it's great that you're here to talk about them, too. Yeah. We get to actually start off by talking about a rogue secret, the two mana commons spell double cross which is a secret when your opponent spends all their mana to draw two cards all right so this whole secret rogue package i'm always a big fan of secret rogue i was playing secret rogue back when they first came out and i was even playing it with boomsday project i was with subject nine yeah that's right i was playing subject nine secret rogue uh king's bane as like a big end game win condition before that lifesteal card got nerfed. So I've always loved Secret Rogue and I've always tried to like get it to work in different weird ways. The last round we had in Ashes of Outlands was incredible. This set of secret support isn't as good as Ashes of Outlands, but the secrets themselves are much stronger than those ones. So Double Cross, everyone's obviously going to compare it to Dirty Tricks, but I think it's much better than Dirty Tricks. The main problem with Dirty Tricks whenever you played it, if you ever played it, was how frustrating it would be if your opponent didn't cast a spell. Because there are some decks in the meta where they won't cast spells that much. So you get really punished for it. Double Cross, on the other hand, punishes your opponent for playing on curve, which is... Kind of the point of Hearthstone in a lot of ways. So <laughs> Double Cross punishes your opponent for playing Hearthstone. It also fulfills a role that Rogue was really needed ever since last expansion, which is more card draw. So I bet that we'll see Double Cross not only in the secret packages, but we might even see Double Cross by itself in some Rogue decks who are desperate for draw. Because it's solid enough, I think. In the early game, it'll always give you draw two, like right away after playing it. And in the mid game... You might have to wait a turn or two, but it'll get there probably. I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's 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 definitely more solid draw. You're not going to be sitting there holding your uh, dirty tricks, waiting for the other dirty tricks to happen because you're facing Mech Paladin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the kind of matchup that I that I really didn't like back in the day with dirty tricks. But we do get to talk about more secrets for for Rogue with the two mana epic secret kidnap after your opponent plays a minion stuff it into a zero four sack so uh before before i go into my thoughts on it we should clarify what the sack does the sack goes on your like if you're the player who casts kidnap they play a minion it goes into the sack and the sack goes on your side of the field and the sack is a zero four minion with death rattle return the kidnapped minion to the to the enemy hand would that mean that like if i wasn't able to bust open that uh sack and get my minion back out that you could shadow step the sack and then i'm screwed yes uh that's that's (laughs) one reason i think the card is pretty cool i also like how it's uh something i always liked about rogue secrets is how what they like to do is they like to do at least for the last couple ones they've been doing like two secrets that are spins on other classes' secrets, and then one distinctly rogue secret. And this is the distinctly rogue secret. What I like about this card is that it kind of works like a delayed sap. Uh, So another thing we should point out is that 
Battle Cries will still trigger. I think it'd actually be too good if Battle Cries didn't trigger, but Battle Cries will still trigger. And there is one unfortunate negative aspect to this card. The one thing I really don't like about Kidnap is that it doesn't work with Halkius or the uh, Death Rattle synergies. So because you're getting the sack, if you have something like Snowfall Graveyard up, you're giving your opponent two copies of their minions back. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, or uh, or uh, this could become a death rattle that goes into your counterfeit blade. And then you feel very dumb when your counterfeit blade triggers, giving your opponent another copy of their minion back. So kidnap, unfortunately, you can't really mix it with death rattle synergies, which is too bad. Besides that, <laughs> I think it's a very cool type of secret. I think it's technically worse than the other two. But what I like about it is that I don't know how to evaluate it properly yet. While the other two, they're pretty straightforward once you look at them. I mean, at least you gave us that word of warning. We don't want to put Kidnap into our Death Rattle Rogue. That way we avoid a sticky situation, <laughs> which is our next two-mana common secret. What a sick transition. <laughs> After your opponent casts a spell, summon a 3-4 spider with stealth. Listen, if you're a hunter player, you know how good Hat Trick is. Or cat trick. This is slightly better cat trick. I don't see how this isn't playable, at least. And I actually came up with an interesting paladin comparison to this card. So, uh, if you remember, back in the day, there was a really old paladin secret in the Witchwood, Hidden Wisdom or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was a one-mana one secret where it was like, if your opponent plays three cards, you draw two. So, what's interesting is that this is kind of like... When I compare it, I'm like, okay, so I remember how much I had issues with dirty tricks. So I'm like, eh, maybe this isn't that good. But then I compare it to that old Paladin secret, which wasn't very good. But then a year ago, they made an upgrade for it with Galloping Savior, which was the same condition, play three cards, your opponent plays three cards, but you get a 3-4 with Taunt. And Galloping Savior is a pretty decent secret. I'd argue it's probably one of the best Paladin secrets. So Sticky Situation is kind of like that to Dirty Tricks, where it has the same condition as Dirty Tricks, but the tempo on body or on board makes it a lot better than it looks initially. If And it already looks good, because if you know Catrick, you know Catrick was cons considered one of the best Hunter secrets of all time. And this is a 3-4 is a lot better than a 4-2. Uh, I, I agree with you there. Uh, getting that 3-4 that can attack immediately on your turn when it becomes your turn, like, that, it's just phenomenal. Like, that, in combination with Oh My Yog, those two together, it was phenomenal. Like, you saw secrets in everything. You saw yeah. secrets in Libra and Paladin because of the fact that those two secrets were so powerful. And I remember... People were complaining about how broken Oh My Yog felt like to them. And I'm like, to be honest, like I've played so much of Oh My Yog. It really was a 50-50 card. There were 50% of the time where whatever spell you ended up casting actually made things worse for the Paladin to 50% of the time. Nah, it made it worse for your opponent. But Oh My Yog was good just because the threat was so there. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it required play around. So that's that's why it was good. But the issue is that some some people are like, no, it's not good at all. I was like, I don't know about you, but 
Like, I lost games because of Omayog. Like, just straight up lost games that, to be honest, if the original spell ability had happened, I probably wouldn't have lost the game. (laughs) (laughs) So... It, it's more the play around. So like this is all this becomes something where it's like you have to know that you're going to either have a taunt ready to go before you cast the spell or a way to take care of this three, four stealth minion, which you're not going to have. Mm-hmm. So it's you're either casting the spell and you know the next turn you're taking three damage and be OK with that or hold off until you can handle putting a taunt in place and, and trying to play that situation. And it really does make it a sticky situation. Yeah. I, I love it. It's a really, really powerful secret. Um, and I would, would be happy to be rogue to have that. Oh yeah. In, in that pool. Yeah. I'm excited for the secret package because all the secrets are at least like pretty solid across the board, at least pretty solid. So, yeah. And then you also have great synergy cards like your four mana three four private eye, oh, which yeah. is a common card with a battle cry cast a secret from your deck with combo cast two instead. All right. So on a base level, private eye is solid. It's not amazing, but it's not bad. It reminds me a lot of that old uh, three mana two two neutral minion that cast a secret from your deck on a base level, and that's not bad, but comboing it is nuts. Uh, The fact that you get two different secrets. Now, what I hope is that in the mini set and in the next expansion, they add one or two more secrets to the rogue pool, because uh, the problem is, is that this cycle, at least, it's going to be really easy to read what the rogue player has when they go private eye. But even if they can read what they have, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy to play around. And what's really nice about private eye is that it's, it's just a big, scary threat. And like, I'm thinking like current decks in the meta, how do they deal with Private Eye? And like the classic way you deal with it in like something like Big Hunter, which I think probably will still see play, um, is you'd go for the four mana, four, three, Asharn Saber. But Private Eye could get Kidnap. And then Kidnap locks out their Saber. And then if they if it's four mana... They just got double crossed, so you drew two cards. So for uh, your four mana investment, you locked out your opponent's like game starter. You drew two cards, and you have a three four. So that seems insane to me. And then that follow up turn, you still have private eye on the board, so you attack with it, and then you shadow step, step it, it, and then you you play it again for two mana, <laughs> and get two more secrets. Oh, exactly. Like <laughs> I think private eye is really strong. Uh, and the, the one thing I was worried about was uh, I also play a lot with Scab's Cutter Butter, the minion, not just the hero. Uh, the problem with Scab's Cutter Butter is sometimes it's a pain in the butt to enable a four mana combo card. But because we got Serrated Bone Spike this expansion, that became a lot easier. Uh, so that's that was like my one worry when I read Private Eye initially. I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if it's going to be that good. Because uh, it's going to be kind of a pain in the butt. If you have the coin, it's going to be sick. But then I read, but then I remembered Serrated Bone Spike, and I'm like, yo, holy crap, this is really good. And then on top of that, Serrated Bone Spike also works with all the secrets. Because one of the big problems with playing secrets in Rogue is you're not responding to the board directly. 
uh, serrated bone spike lets you respond to the board directly and play your secrets in tempo. So that's really sick. So yeah, I thought serrated bone spike at first was going to be just good for like the Draka combos, but no, bone spike is going to be really good in secret row. I think it's going to be really, really good overall. I think yeah. no matter where where you put it, that's a that's a solid card. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of the card that Rogue needs, where it's like a combo starter and early game removal, and then then we also have our four mana five four elemental Halkius, which is the legendary with a death rattle. If you control a secret store, Halkius's soul inside of it, and resummon Halkius would trigger. Okay, so. I'm I'm gonna be upfront and honest. I don't think Halkius is that good, but what I do think Halkius is is really cool. So, I think Halkius the way you have to view it is kind of like a conditional, but more interesting version of Korak, the Blood Rager. Um, so you want to. So what's really cool is that Hunter does have sorry, uh, Rogue does have really cool tools that can abuse this, like. Uh, sketchy information so you can for example go prep secret sketchy on turn three draw halkius store the soul you could even I'm, I'm actually thinking of playing a deck where i play a tiny death rattle package with uh with my secrets so i go full secrets and then my tiny death rattle package is two sketchy informations one halkius one korak and one spinley so you use you use uh, sketchy informations to draw Halkius or Korak. Then you use Spinly to re-put them back in your deck. And you could even jam stuff like Smokescreen to take advantage. So you only have like two Death Rattles, but you're able to like recycle them and reuse them. So I think that could be a lot of fun. Now, is Halkius himself going to be like meta-defining? I don't think so. Especially since you can't play Snowfall Graveyard with Kidnap really. So that makes Halkius a lot worse. It's very unfortunate that they don't synergize that way. But I think Halkius is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, there's actually one more thing. Uh, the elemental tag. Sorry, I'm geeking out here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you could play. So what's cool is that Halkius works with two elementals. It works with Shatter Shambler. And it also works with uh, the one mana one two that reduces the cost of your next elemental by one. So I don't know what you do, but you could do some interesting, weird shenanigans with this like elemental package in Rogue. That's interesting. I, I definitely think there's a lot of ways that you can play this. He he very much reminds me of Greybow. It's like the the Rogue version of Greybow. His stats are just swapped. And instead of having like the taunt, it has to do with secrets, which actually feels like, okay, cool. It was taunt druid. This is secret Rogue, right? Yeah. So... I I love that 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 kind of idea of like ah, maybe maybe the, that's what happened. Graybo died, went to the shadow realm, and became Halkius, right? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. I think there's uh some fun fun stuff to be had, and I definitely think that there are ways that you you've talked about a bunch of them. There are ways that you're gonna be able to get that extreme value but that's exactly what it is it's a value generation card just like uh rat king and hunter just like gray bow was for druid it's it's a value thing and we know val well value can sometimes win out the game oftentimes that value doesn't necessarily equate out to winning yeah that's true <laughs> 
So, I mean, it could be definitely fun. I think it could be off meta. It could it could very well be exactly what we needed to be. And maybe those secrets are just frustrating enough. And that's just enough of a presence where it like, gets to that point where it's like, oh my goodness, I got overrun. But I think it's it's going to be more along the lines of like, uh, there's probably another way to go about it, but this is the fun thing to do. I think we got to move on to Shaman. The Gigantotem. 10 mana, 8-8. Eight, eight. Totem. Epic. And it costs one less for each totem you've summoned this game. What are your thoughts? Uh, it's like, Totem Shaman, is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Does this make it a thing? Because we get enough totems that it's discounted enough, so it could be zero mana, 8-8. Eight, eight. Totems are hard to summon. They're not just something that you just regularly do sometimes. And it doesn't have taunt. It doesn't have rush. It's just a giant totem. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like that's the way to go. No, I, I'm, I'm the naysayer when it comes to totems. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of on your boat too. Like, I think this thing looks like once you look at all the cards, it looks a lot easier to summon, but even then I'm not sure that you want it. Like it feels like the totem deck will be way too reliant on the stone, right? Because if you resolve the stone, right, this stuff actually looks pretty spooky because you can go like stone, right. And then macaw stone, right macaw and then your totems have like six attack and your opponent's just cowering in a corner but for most games you won't draw the stone right right away so you're gonna feel pretty dumb is a giant totem enough i don't think so i I don't think so at all Uh, i I just think it's crud just like this crud caretaker (laughs) four mana one one with a battle cry summon a three five elemental with taunt and that three five elemental is a four mana three five elemental with taunt which is important because we know that evolve shaman is going to be a thing with this set as well um so looking at those two four mana cards that they could you know be something that is evolved the other side of it though is it also makes the four mana pool Kind of crappy because you could evolve a three mana minion into now a one one. Yeah, I mean, this seems like the main thing is, is like I think muck pools is good enough to where it's like you'll be able to like weave your location power a lot of the time. So it's like as much as like the issue with previous evolve cards was like, oh, you play your evolve card and then you have to either wait until you have five mana to get the, the bonus or uh hope you get the zero mana card to go with it immediately at the time but what makes muck pools work really well with crud caretaker is that you could just play muck pools on turn one save it until you play crud caretaker on four and boom insta presence you didn't have to set up a, a two card combo it was just naturally occurring so yeah uh if evolve shaman is going to be good i think crud caretaker will see play I definitely think so. I, I just, the one, one stats of the original minion is just kind of like, Ooh, that, that feels a little rough, especially if you, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be fun evolving into it. Yeah. With the evolve into it. Plus also it may not survive if you have to wait a turn for an evolved thing to go with it, which that means you may not see the value of that. Cause even four mana for like a four, six in stats is okay. But it does leave some vulnerability if you're just trying to, like, capitalize on that Evolve synergy. True. So. Uh, but if you do want to, like, view it more optimistically, it is uh, it is Senjin plus a 1-1. I mean, it's, it's not terrible. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it definitely helps out and it's part of the synergies it is what it is yeah. um and then we get to move on to the eight mana common spell criminal lineup choose a friendly minion summon three copies of it you're overloaded by two okay so i know clark Hellscream was trying to make a boar combo with this uh because of course he was uh but <laughs> this is the kind of card where it's like I have no idea what the heck plays this, but this is the kind of card where it's like your brain is like expanding, trying to find ways to use it. And uh, there could be some really fun combos with this card. So I'm excited to see what people come up with. I can't think of any of those combos right now, but I'm excited to see what people come up with. You're like, I'm going to make four copies of the mine and then somehow get those to explode. I don't know how. Oh, just make just make four gigantotems. There we go. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. But there's, there's even at that, like three copies, it could be pretty good. I mean, if you got a big enough static minion, if you happen to maybe a like evolve a very specifically strong minion. Like if you evolve into King Crush, like whoa, there you go. Yeah, that, that's game, like, right? Yeah. Like so, there there are some ways in which this definitely works out. It helps to create a board and potentially even a big board of very big statted minions. I could see this getting weaved into and being played around with at least for a little bit. Now, it doesn't also give you a minion to start off with. So if you're having to play a two mana minion you don't want three copies of two mana minions no. so that, that's not all that great so there is that little bit of like just the lag time to see the value in it um that and also you're running an eight mana card which has two overload so it's ten, essentially a 10 mana card you know what i'm excited it, for <laughs> what are you excited for getting this off of jackpot <laughs> and then comboing it on something like krabatoa Oh, baby. Oh, my goodness. That's going to be wacky. Oh, no. Yeah, 10 attack because they'd be like, you'd have four copies. If, the, if I don't even know if you would have four copies because each copy would summon two additional appendages. So I think you'd run out of board space. But, oh, man, is that hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, as long as you're using the, the appendages before you summon and don't have anything else on the board, you might. You might just manage to squeak them on before they summon appendages. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get to also move on to the two mana one attack, three durability common weapon, the carving chisel. After you attack, summon a random basic totem. So this card isn't flashy, but what I like about it is that this, even if you don't play this in a totem shaman deck, this is just a really solid infuse enabler for any sort of strategy you might have. Same with the party favorite totem. Um, so it's like, even if you don't use them for like totems specifically, it seems like a good idea to have this sort of like constant board filling presence. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just seems, it seems like there's enough value in it to justify it. It's just not the flashiest thing ever. There's not too many weapons that we see right now in Shaman as it is anyways. So, I mean, it's it's probably a thing to try it out for a little bit, especially if you're going down that totem route. Maybe even try it out if you're going in like a control version. Like, oh, it's, you know what you do? I actually don't know mm -hmm. how this would work. Uh, Denathrius. So 
like you play a, a control shaman deck. Your goal is mm-hmm. to summon Denathrius and infuse it as much as you can beforehand. And then you use the parrots to copy the Denathrius battle cry. Oh my goodness. Because wouldn't wouldn't it copy the infused battle cry, not the regular battle yeah. cry? So that could actually be a pretty goofy like control paladin strategy. Shaman. Control shaman. Yeah, no, that would be gross. I, I can see that. And then there's no way because like what are you gonna do? They they're going to always get that much damage, and that's healing. Well, so like the parrots wouldn't heal, I don't think, because uh, the life steal isn't a part of Denathrius's battle cry. But the first Denathrius would heal the crap out of him. Or at least I'm not Still, sure. It, it, but... No, yeah, I I would think, yeah, I definitely. I'm mean, having to look up. Yeah, okay, so yes, the life seal's only part of Denathrius, it's not part of the battle cry. So, yeah, the parrots wouldn't, but even then, like, you, you, that's so much damage coming your way, especially if you've, you've made sure to infuse by the time you got there. Yeah. Or even, like, that's gross. Granite later with the parrots, oh my god, that could get really disgusting. Like, if and, the Denathrius doesn't kill them, the parrots will. <laughs> and you got Bolner as well. I mean, oh. like, I, th- I think I think you're calling something out there. Shaman mains. I think that'll definitely be a thing. The goofy, the goofy shaman deck of the format has been found. Please do it. <laughs> I want to see it. Just summon totems, and people are like killing them off. I don't know why he keeps summoning these. He's not even using totems and energies. And then boom. <laughs> so we get to move on to Warlock, which Warlock actually revealed a lot of their cards. So we only get to talk about one Warlock card, and that is the three mana rare spell, Suffocating Shadows. It's a shadow spell, uh, obviously. When you play or discard this, destroy a random enemy minion. So I don't think this card is like super flashy. Uh, it is a discard reward card. And I've seen a lot of people talk uh, talk bad about it. But I kind of think about it and it's like, this is one of the few discard reward cards where on a base level, it is a playable card. This is deadly shot on a base level. Like, and it has the bonus of getting discarded. So this just seems good enough in like some, in, if you play some sort of discard warlock. Now, I can't think of any good discard warlock right now, but if you can think of one, if you've been looking for a removal... This is seems pretty solid. Yeah, I, I think they're building towards, right? Like we saw with, with Mage, they have a couple secret cards. And then with with Warlock, they got a couple uh, discard cards. Yeah. And even like, I feel like now if I now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, let's look back through and look at each one of them. It's like almost you kind of get the same thing, right? Like with with a couple of the different uh, classes, like even for Paladin, right? Like they got a couple silver hand cards. Yeah. Right. This is like a setup <laughs> set. They want to yeah, set things like, up. Yeah. They're almost setting up for like the, the six, the six set meta where it's going to just all of a sudden be like, wait a second, discard Warlock is a thing. Secret page is a thing. Yeah. Like, quest paladin oh my goodness i can't believe we're talking about this thing but oh it's a thing and so i i feel like that's what we're kind of moving towards and and same with even warrior right like warrior is going to be kind of interesting the way that it goes so we need to talk about that next too yeah i definitely think it's a powerful card so 
And with Warrior, we get to move on to their epic two mana spell, Riot. Your minions can't be reduced below one health this turn. They each attack a random enemy minion. Listen, if there's going to be a good board-centric warrior deck, it's going to play Riot. Riot seems pretty strong. It's it's like Commanding Shot, except instead of drawing, you clear the board. And a lot of the time, I'd rather clear the board than draw one card. <laughs> so I could definitely see Riot being played. There's even, I think there's still the Frenzy. Yeah, there's still the Frenzy Patron. So you could just have like, pseudo grim patron warrior again well i i think you're gonna have like a frenzy uh warrior like there's enough things right now in warrior where you're seeing seeing some of the payoffs and in fact remember last set i think it was there was that weird mech card for warrior where it like shuffled things into your deck and you're like what are these and why do i even want them and now you're like wait a second these are minions that we're going to be able to have that will infuse anima. So yeah. like maybe that's where that mech comes from. And even though it was like so weird and random. Yeah. yeah these frenzy things will come into play and will help us out to be able to kind of get like that frenzy warrior going along. And I think this riot card fits right into that. Yeah. The other thing is, is like warrior hand buffs. They've been kind of neglected for a while. They were good back in forged in the barons. But ever since then, they haven't really seen play. And uh, a lot of the support in this expansion is pretty good for a sort of warrior hand buff type deck. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like we'll see some of that stuff come back. Because like Ramornia, like Ramornia the Living Blade, it's basically a slightly worse Krabatoa on a base level. But a slightly worse Krabatoa on a base level that you can buff is really good. <laughs> Uh, I th- I think Romania is going to be one of those things you're like, how do I destroy this thing faster? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a that's a crazy good legendary for them. But I, I do think that frenzy thing is is going to come into effect. Even with our next card, we have our two mana one four crazed wretch, which is a common card and it has plus two attack and charge while damaged. Yeah, on a base level, I think this card is like pretty interesting. But you combine this with hand buffs, this thing can get really scary. Especially with a card we're going to talk about later that's that could enable that as well. This card just seems like good on a base level, potentially great. The more the more like I'm just yeah, surprised. I mean, this is the first like cheap charge minion we've seen in some time that's like just focused on being aggressive. And it it, it gives Warrior the, the chance to use some of those hand buffs that you're talking about before with Ramonia and it also allows uh it's a benefit from like the cheap ability of of getting sanguine depths as well like working with it so it's i think it's going to be one of those cards that were like oh my goodness i didn't realize how strong that card was yeah i think people are may even put it on the back burner not think about it but it, it might be one of those cards that we're seeing an aggressive style warrior. And you're like, Oh my goodness. I didn't realize warrior could do this. I thought they were limited to just control. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen like a raw tempo warrior. Like we do have quest warrior that like lurks around, but that's not really like a raw tempo deck. That's just spam pirates from your hand until you win the game. Uh, 
<laughs> so I'm excited to see the return of this sort of like hand buffy tempo warrior. Uh, and Wretch is going to be a big part. But this next card definitely won't be. Carker's Banner is a two-mana spell that says reveal a card from each player's deck three times. Draw any of yours that cost more. So this is our only Control Warrior card that's like purely just for Control Warrior. And it's also the return of Joust. It, it gives a lot of information, though. Like, it gives information not only to your opponent, but it also gives, gives information to you about cards that are in your deck because they're they're all revealed. Yeah. Which, I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, I guess if you're a control warrior, you're like, it really doesn't matter. I don't care what they if, if they see my cards. Yeah. They, they already think, know what's in it anyways, right? They yeah. have my deck list. I think the thing that justifies whether this will be good or not is... Can you consistently draw two or more cards? If you can consistently draw two cards, I think this is pretty good. If you're if you're cons- if you're only going for one card, I don't think this is worth it. I, I think it's also funny that Into the Depths is like anti synergy yeah. with this card, so it's like <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't know what their thought process was with that. So, but next up we have a two mana one four Anima Extractor. Uh, it's a common card. Whenever a friendly minion takes damage, give a random minion in your hand, plus one, plus one. So when I first saw this card, I was like, eh, those buffs don't really matter that much. But then I realized this is just armor smith, except instead of giving you armor, you get hand buffs. And then it then it seemed a lot better to me because I'm thinking of all the times an armor smith's been stuck on the board uh, in the early game. And how much armor you can get off Armorsmith. This guy can really rack up value if you let him. So I think this is actually a pretty strong card. And in Wild, they have Risky Skipper still. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I do not envy Wild with that card. I still don't envy us either. We're going to have to deal with this uh, in standard. So (laughs) that's definitely going to be a concern. And then we also have a three mana, two attack, three durability weapon, the common imbued axe. After your hero attacks, give your damage minions plus one, plus one. Infuse of three, give them plus two, plus two instead. On a base level, just giving multiple minions plus one, plus one. If you give like one minion plus one, plus one, this weapon is good or solid. If you give two minions, this weapons is great. If you infuse this thing and buff your board, oh my god, you, your opponent is just dead. Uh, that's where I think the real power of this card is like, at first I was like, ah, let's just give a minion or two plus one plus one. But then I realized like, this is like our first, or this is one of our first like actually solid uh, warrior board buffs. And for uh, and for a like hand buff style of deck, that seems really good. Or like an enraged style of deck, that seems really good. I, I'm just jealous I don't have it in Paladin. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a solid, solid weapons, solid buffs. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm jealous. That's a that's gonna be a really good card. It's gonna see play, especially with this uh, anima infusing kind of enrage uh, frenzy warrior. That's gonna go down. I feel yeah. like we're gonna gonna see that happen for sure. And then finally, we have the three mana, three, four pirate. 
which is a rare card, Suspicious Pirate. Battlecry, discover a weapon. If your opponent guesses your choice, they get a copy. So, at first, I thought this card was pretty good. Uh, it's a pirate. It discovers you a card. But then I realized, like, if you're playing Pirate Warrior, you don't really want to discover a weapon. Because any, like, if you're playing a weapon in Pirate Warrior, you're not playing a pirate. And if you're not playing a pirate, you're losing the game. So I don't think this sees play in Pirate Warrior. This might be good in, like, other tempo-y, mid-range-y kind of decks. But I think this is like this is like a pirate you only play in Pirate Warrior if you need a, an extra name and you're just desperate for more names. Like maybe like a Renathal Pirate Warrior would play this. But a normal Pirate Warrior I don't think plays this. I mean, if you're getting that one mana weapon, I don't see it being bad because it could potentially fill that curve for you but there's so many weapons that are not the one mana weapon right yeah so <laughs> that's the hard part right the in the few times where you do get that one mana weapon it, your opponent is also going to get the one mana weapon <laughs> yeah because they'll pick it for sure either you would have played it or they'll or they'll pretty well much i mean it. they're gonna guess it right yeah. I, I do like the fact that that it is the warrior's version of like, Hey, I, I found a something. Do you want to guess which one it is? I, I like, I like that, uh, that kind of idea that has happened throughout the whole entire kind of set is it's a mystery and we need to solve it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I love that for the flavor of it. Yes. Do I think it's, it's probably not going to work well in, specifically quest pirate warrior but it could work well for like a control variant that would love to find any one of these amazing weapons uh that could also just be like you know what i just don't have something to go face and i just need a something so it it could work i really want to gore how because this game is going to go until the end of time (laughs) Yeah, yeah and i mean if you think about it like there are plenty of pirates that benefit from you you being able to attack as a warrior and sometimes if you don't have that weapon to go with it it, you're you're not going to be doing well and it is a pirate so i mean at least it has that tag so it's possible it still gets put in tried out a little bit and maybe it really does you know it finds its its place maybe don't know i don't think so but (laughs) i just yeah i just thought like at first i was like wow it's a pirate that discovers a card holy crap and then i realized like wait this is a card you don't want to play unless you have to, unless you're desperate. And it's a card that also your opponent might get too, that might help them deal with your board. So yeah, I, I'm i kind of not super down with the pirate. All right. And that means we get to move on to the neutrals. Would the neutrals will go a little bit quicker? Yeah. There are many places where the neutrals could fit in. We'll try and call out a few of those places where they're going to fit, but generally speaking, we'll just kind of like give a little yay or nay, but kind of move through them because we do have 16 neutrals to get through and we're already at like an hour and 40 minutes of recording. So, you know, hard and fast. No, I, I get it. I get it. I appreciate it. You've definitely added some some great thoughts, but we'll we'll keep it moving along. Next up, we have a 10 mana 8-8 Stoneborn General. It's a common with Rush and a Death Rattle. Summon an 8-8 Gravewing with Rush. 
Uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of decks that can play this right now, but this will be very good in Deathrattle Druid. This is a good payoff for that six mana, for that six mana Whopper, as well as Cecily. Turns this into two mana, and this becomes a just massive board swing tool. Uh, I think it could also work if there's like a big warrior down the way and even big paladin would definitely take advantage of it. Oh yeah, you're right. Big paladin is mm -hmm. still a thing. Yep. Yeah. Hey, they could definitely play this. With front lines. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Um, and so then we have the five mana five five common stoneborn accuser with an infuse five gain battle cry deal five damage. So my issue with this card is that most good infuse cards are at least playable by themselves. This is a bad uh this is a this is just a bad card unless you resolve the infuse and the infuse is expensive to turn it into just a pretty decent card. Not just like with this much infuse and no other benefits, I would want this thing to win you the game. <laughs> Not actually but <laughs> like be a lot better than it. I don't think this fits into any deck that's out there. I mean, there might be something that's like battle cry centric for shaman, but I just don't, I don't even see it there. Then we have the five mana five, five mech, which is a rare card steam cleaner with a battle cry, destroy all cards in both players decks that didn't start there. Goodbye. Oh, or goodbye. Lady Prestor and Kazakusan. This card single-handedly destroys both of those archetypes, but are you willing to play this as a tech card? I think in tournaments, this will be a high consideration. Uh, on ladder, mm, maybe not. But if you're playing, if you're playing uh, like mech decks, you can randomly generate this. So this is a very good card to have as an option. It's also good against any sunken cards. Uh, this just seems like pretty solid overall. And it's also pretty good against agonies as well as those get shuffled into even your own deck and you'd want to get rid of them. Yeah. I think it's very meta dependent, but if Kazakhstan sticks around, if, if Prestor decks stick around, Steam Cleaner, I think, is going to see its its time to play. It's also just a five mana five five, which isn't terrible. And it's a mech, so it might even just fit into certain mech decks that are already out there or be discovered by those mech decks because I know discovery definitely a thing in every mech deck that's out there next up we got the sinstone totem one mana zero three neutral totem at the end of your turn gain plus one health could be good in uh priest as like some sort of bless combo deck but i don't see much use outside of that i don't even think it'd be that good in uh totem paladin or totem shaman jesus totem paladin <laughs> Yeah, Totem Shaman, I mean, after the Stone Rite, it's decent, but it's not amazing. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think they'll try it, maybe. Maybe you maybe you need enough Totem names just to pull it off. Maybe it's a Quest Paladin card. Oh, maybe. Oh, it's the only, like, one mana card. There's only very, there's very few one mana cards in this set, so. Yeah. <laughs> then we have the four mana, two five, Scuttlebutt Ghoul. It's a common card with taunt and a battle cry. If you control a secret, summon a copy of those. And it's a two five. So on a mm -hmm. bit, like if you have a secret up, this is actually really good defense. But what I like about it is that there might be a world where you play the Stormpike Quartermaster and you play a bunch of secrets and your goal is to play Stormpike Quartermaster and a whole bunch of secrets in one turn to buff Scuttlebutt Ghoul to be like a seven a 710 and then 
Uh, with the next turn, you play two seven tens for four mana. Is that good? Probably not. But that does sound hilarious to me. Even on a base level, if you just have a secret when this comes up, it's really solid. And it benefits from hand buff synergies too. I, I can see it uh, seeing play where and how that all merits itself out. Uh, that that remains to be seen. It might be like a secret mage thing for all we know. Yeah, maybe there's a hand buff secret uh, paladin that could be yeah, viable. Could be. All right, next up, Roosting Gargoyle. Two mana, two, three. Battlecry, give a friendly beast, plus two attack. This is a Hearthstone card. It's got a mana cost. It's got an attack and health cost. I have no doubt you could play it in things. It just might be the most boring Hearthstone card I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. It exists. It might it might work well in like a face hunter or potentially even face demon hunter if there's beasts that actually think could benefit from it. I, I don't know, but yeah, like I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. Yeah, it just it it's not a beast itself either, so it doesn't benefit from those synergies. Uh, sometimes those things when they are synergy but not synergy, like they just don't end up working out at all. Yeah. So maybe it'll see play, but we'll see. Uh next up, Muck Plumber, five mana five five. Common. All minions cost two more. Now, this card, it is a tech card. It's a, it reminds me a lot of Nerubian Unraveler. But what I think is interesting about this card, or rather terrifying about this card is how this card synergizes with Celestial Alignment. Uh, you go Celestial Alignment, and then you follow up with Muck Plumber, and then your opponent is holding their head in their hands and uh, uninstalling Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that does not make me want to play Hearthstone. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not looking forward to that card. But it might not even see play. Maybe the meta is so, like, not favored for it that it won't even see play. I hope. <laughs> it's it's also pretty pretty good stats for for the cost so it might just see play just in like that aggro type of setup Who yeah knows? just to like stop a clutch taunt or something or reno jackson mm-hmm. uh, then we have the six mana four four common uh mass reveler with rush and death rattle summon a two two copy of another minion in your deck i really like this card for the death rattle druid deck uh because you're also going to be playing big things that you want copies of. But I could also see this in Death Rattle Rogue. More fun builds of Death Rattle Rogue, not mine lists. Because what this does is it sort of kind of fills the hole that uh, Death Rattle Rogue had, where it's like you didn't really have a lot of good mid-range Death Rattles that you wanted to go into. Like the best you had was the Mothership. And the Mothership isn't bad. It's just... If you don't have any other mech synergies to go with it, feels kind of mediocre. Uh, Mass Reveler is like a house and a half by its by herself. Could you also just make like a a Gileg deck and just have just a Gileg and and multiple ways of summoning it? <laughs> oh, you could. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, you could just have like a Colossal to spam with this. Even something like Ozumat or uh, Neptalon. Okay, Neptalon would be kind of weird. No, no, no. Neptalon would work because Neptalon, even though he'd be a 2-2, he'd still smack with the 4-4 hands. So that would actually work. A little 2-2 Neptalon. Very funny, but yeah, that could actually be decent. It, it just, it kind of feels very Barnes-ish yeah. to me. 
Um, so and- what makes it so good in my mind is that it has rush too, so it can actually address threats on the board. Yeah, I I think it'll see play. It'll be interesting how people uh, actually make it work. Like, what are the what are the specific deck setups, and and how do you get to that point? So, for it's sure, interesting. Yeah. Three. Then we have the three mana three four rare card invitation courier. After a card is played to your hand from another class, copy it. Hey, I love Burgle Rogue. This is like what's interesting is that this is a way that if they want to nerf. Uh, how Maestro works with Wild Pond Null, if they ever end up deciding on doing that. Invitation Courier is exactly the kind of card that you'd want to make it so Wild Pond Null is still playable. It kind of like doubles up all your Burgle value. And in the same way as it does in Priest. Honestly, like there's a couple of neutral cards that work with this that we looked at the or that are coming out like the Sketchy Stranger, the Discover Secret from another class. This becomes... Get two copies of a secret from another class. How good is that? I don't know. But just being a three mana three four that if it sticks on the board gives you additional value is kind of good. I'm just upset that it's a neutral because otherwise the invitation courier would work really well with my invitations that I want to send out to my party. <laughs> Fair and enough. They would all cost, they would be copies. So they'd all be zero, but it's oh, a neutral. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you just play a very greedy, almost pure paladin deck. (laughs) Have one invitation courier and find ways to sneak him out. Exactly. First. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe just maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Then we have the one mana one two dredger staff, which is a common with a battle cry. Uh, Give minions in your hand plus one health. I think this is this is one of the only like raw aggro support cards in the set, and this is I think pretty strong because on a bit like if you buff two minions with this, it's good. If you buff more than two minions, it's kind of insane. And just I'd argue that if you're going to buff only health or only attack, I'd rather buff health just because it lets your board stick longer. So I think this is great for the warrior deck we were talking about with hand buffs. A paladin deck with hand buffs, maybe even just like an aggro deck where you just want your early game stuff to stick better. Yeah. Even uh, quest paladin benefits from this card as well. I feel like that I would throw that in because of the fact that like heck, it at least makes those one minions slightly better. Then we have the three mana two three dinner performer, another common card with a battle cry: summon a random minion from your deck that you can afford to play. I don't know what plays this, and I don't know how they play it, but I'm extremely excited to see what people come up with. Because this is the kind of card where it's like, what's cool is that so you can afford to play the minion, but you don't actually spend the mana. So the thing is, is like it's the mana cost you have or lower. So you have to build your deck very specifically for very specific cards. Like I'm imagining... uh, Maybe there's like a three drop that you really want. So you play this on turn six and then combo the two three drops together. You, you get the other dinner performer from your deck. Oh, yeah. Good point. Oh, crap. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> forgot about that. Well, let's say there's a two mana card you really want. Uh, maybe. Oh, maybe the anima extractor or the charge guy. So maybe you use this in warrior and then it's like your five mana play is you play dinner performer. You spam out anima extractor or the charge guy. And then you use your location to buff them 
and start that chain. Or you use Riot. Or you use Riot, yeah. Because you'd have the two mana left over. Yeah, so I think there is some really cool synergies with this card. It's just the kind of card where you really got to think about how you build your deck. And I love those kind of cards. I think there's some interesting play to be had with it. How, where, and how it all merits out, I think uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah. And then we have the two mana, one, four rare card, Crooked Cook. At the end of your turn, if you've dealt three or more damage to the enemy hero, draw a card. This seems pretty solid. I mean, aggro loves draw and drawing for being aggressive. That's something that aggro decks love. I like that this is an inversion of a really old card from uh, Rastakhan's Rumble, where it was also a two mana one four, but its effect was if you heal three or more health to your hero, draw a card. So I like that this is kind of like the return of that guy, uh, mm-hmm. except he's evil now. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, it's, he's just a different flavor. He's cooking with different spices. There we go, yeah. I, I like it too. I think I think uh in fact you may actually see this see more play than the other one that was based off of healing. So Yeah. I think you'll definitely see more of this guy. Just because rewarding for being aggressive and on a body that's hard to remove, those are two powerful things. So we have the three mana zero six common card creepy painting after another minion dies, become a copy of it. So at first I thought this card was kind of bad because I was like, oh, it becomes a copy of something that you kill. But then I realized you can kill your own stuff. So this can be like a three mana faceless manipulator for weird combos. I don't know what you use this in, but there is a lot of potential in this sort of like, even even like, the thing is, it's it copy, if you trade two minions into each other, it'll copy the thing that was summoned first. So let's say your opponent summons a Colossal, and then you respond with a big rush minion, kill it, and then you had you played the creepy painting before you attacked, then you will get the Colossal Minion and the appendages. So there is potential in this card. I just don't know what you play this in. Yeah, I, I don't know. But it, I think it'll be fun to play with and to figure out. I think there's potential with it. And then next up, we have that secret enabler I was talking about earlier. This card is two mana, two, three. The Anonymous Informant. Battlecry, the next secret you play costs zero. So on a base level, you might be thinking, oh, this is just a Kirin Tor Mage. This is a lot better than Kirin Tor Mage because I didn't realize this at first. It's the next secret you play costs zero, not the next secret you play this turn. So you can actually bank this discount for the future. So if you're in a rogue deck, for example, you could play this on turn two and then your next secret becomes a combo starter in order to get out your private eye or... Whatever else you need to do. But if you're playing, the real advantage is playing this in Mage. Because now, Mage can play their big three mana secrets. And they don't feel so clunky because you're playing them for zero. Yeah, especially with the fact that you also have the sketchy stranger to, to combo with. Where you can also get those really expensive like Mage secrets. And be able to discount them down altogether as well. Uh, there's a lot of different ways in which this is just a really powerful card. Yeah. And then we have the four mana, three, four, uh, Murloc. Mer- Mer- Merlocula. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> He's got lifesteal. And if you infuse him for four, he costs zero. 
I know, the real surprise is I actually don't think this card sucks. Uh, no, I actually like it a lot. Uh, one thing I've been experimenting with in Highlander decks is this idea of a Murloc package. So the idea is you play Gorlock Ravager, you play Amalgam, you play you play Sir Spinley, and you play like Mutinous, and you play one or two other Murlocs. And for Rogue, what you can do, because you have so much draw power, you can actually play uh, Tiny Finn. And Tiny Finn becomes a zero mana combo activator. So what's cool about Murlocula is that he's also a combo activator if you enable his infuse. He gives you lifesteal, which is something that a lot of decks actually do need. And you can draw him off Gorlock Ravager. But the package gets even better because of Murloc Holmes. So now you have combo disruption with Mutinous, draw with Gorlock Ravager, card generation with Murloc Holmes and Amalgam, combo starter with Murlocula and Tiny Finn, and Sir Spinley to fix bad hands. So I think like this is a cool little package you can jam in Highlander decks that could be pretty solid, actually. I think uh, you just told me exactly how I'm supposed to build my Highlander Paladin. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate all the support. No problem. <laughs> and then we get to move on to the final card in our neutrals, which is our 8-mana 7-9, which is an epic card, Party Crasher, with a battle cry. Choose an enemy minion, throw a random minion from your hand at it. So I actually didn't get how throwing a minion works at first, but it's actually a lot better than I thought. So when you throw a minion, uh, if the minion survives being thrown, it's on the board. So nice. it's really good with Colossals. It's really good with big value bombs like that 10 drop death rattle we were looking at earlier. Uh, it just seems like a pretty solid big enabler. I, I feel like that would work really well with Divine Shield things, too. Oh, yeah, like, dang. You know it's going to survive, right? And then you have it on the board. Like a Tyrion? Ooh. I wonder if it after it survives, like, like for example, if it's the, the Colossal for Paladin, it has Rush. Does that mean it could attack again? Hmm, I don't know. I don't but know. Definitely yeah. the tail could. So that'd be interesting. If you could attack again, then, then it's great. Uh yeah, it seems like a really cool enabler for big decks. There's even fun stuff you can do with like Nectalon because you chuck Nectalon out of your hand and then while it's going to start the attack process, then the hands go in and attack instead. And even Ozomat, where you go Party Crasher, Ozomat, Ozomat summons a full board, Party Crasher's effect forces the Ozomat to kill something and then all the tentacles trigger popping the rest of their board. I mean, that's definitely a possibility if you really needed that board clear. Although it is random, so you'd have to like make sure. That's the nice thing about the party crashers. Like you choose the minion to throw it at, but then the rest of the clear would be kind of random. Yeah. Still seems like it could be a lot of fun. Maybe, maybe you do this in Druid because the problem with the Death Rattle Druid deck is their Death Rattles get, could get clogged in your hand. And then this becomes a way to like chuck them out of your hand. And you'd never, you'd never run the risk of uh, drawing this with the Whomper and getting no effect because the Whomper only draws death rattles. True. And Cecily makes this zero. But that does wrap up all of the cards for the last little bit there. Any ones stand out to you as like one of the ones that you're most excited to like see play? Ones that I'm most excited to see play. I think I hyped myself up on that like, warrior anima deck and 
Honestly, I'm excited to play Marocula. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually very excited for the set because the set doesn't scream like power overload like the last two middle sets of the year have. So it's got like this sort of like, it's still strong, but it's like it's going strong in so many different directions that I don't know exactly what's going to be good right out the gate. From the cards that, that we've talked about, I definitely have to say that Private Eye from Rogue actually seems like the strongest one. I, it I, is I really, really think that's that's going to be a blast for, for, for you to play and also for me to even try out some funny shenanigans with. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. Also, when we, we started our journey, we started off with the fact that, you know, a murder happened. So with that, now we've seen all the cards and those cards should have given us clues as to who we thought the murderer was. I think, you know, I've already kind of told the podcast before that I, I think Stuart the Stuart is definitely a dead ringer. And Ooh. I still feel like that holds true. I think the idea that he, that, you know, we're in the Shadowlands, so anything holy would damage all of these various party guests and could even kill our host, Sire Dynathrius. So I, I put, I point my finger back at my own house and I say Stuart the Stuart was the murderer. But do you have any um, kind of thoughts about who might be the actual murderer? How could Stuart the Stuart do it? He's a total hoot. Uh, <laughs> but I do have my own suspicion and my suspicion goes, I had to deeply reflect on the facts of the case. And in order to come to my conclusion, I realized who would benefit the most from Sire Denathrius' death. And there's only one answer in my mind, and it's Sire Denathrius himself. Bah, bah, bah. So what I believe occurred is that Sire Denathrius has either faked his death or because he's in the Shadowlands and kind of, I don't know, pseudo-immortal. I don't know Warcraft lore very well, but he's already kind of dead to begin with. So what I believe is that he faked his death in order to frame all 10 of his enemies or annoyances in some cases. So this is how he's getting vengeance. He's set up this fake murder in order to besmirch the name of all these people who have wronged him in his afterlife. <laughs> so it's a real game that's afoot. Exactly. That's, that's my theory. So now we've gotten through all the cards. We've talked about who we thought was going to be our murder suspect. I think we're on to the card of the week. Ooh. Which I actually had a little bit of fun with this uh, card of the week. Uh, doing a little bit of a spin. Guy Grumpy, he challenged me the last episode to come up with a the card of the week based off of a card. And with that, I... I you know, said I might do it about the legendary minion. So in true to form, I'll stay true to my word. And I chose to write my parody song uh, for the Countess and doing it in the style of one Miley Cyrus. Also, you know, a Countess in her own right. <laughs> <laughs> she is pop star royalty. That, that is very, very true. Um, and so, uh, Bear with me as I do my best to not butcher this song. <laughs> I hopped off the Griffin in NAX with a dream in a corset again. 
Welcome to the land of anima excess. Will these cards fit in? Jumped in the castle, here I am for the first time. Look to my right and I see a chalk outline. This is all so crazy. Everybody here seems so dangerous. My tummy's missing and I'm feeling kind of homesick. Too many neutrals and I'm nervous. It's when I pulled my top deck cardio. And the purifier was on. And the purifier was on. And the purifier was on. So I put my hands up and the count is down. The invitations fly away. Not in my head like yeah. Zero mana legendaries like yeah. I got my hands up and they're playing my song. I know it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's a murder at Castle Nathria. Yeah, it's a murder at Castle Nathria. <laughs> Beautiful. With that, that gets us to the end of the show. Any final words to our uh, listeners? Give them a chance to know where to find you as well. I'm the Geminator HS. You can find me on twitch.tv slash the Geminator HS. I'm also on Twitter as the Geminator HS. I recommend you guys come by on my stream. I stream pretty much every day from around 7 a.m. PST to 11 a.m. PST. Almost every day. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. And thank you so much for all that information. We'll make sure to include those times and links inside the show notes as well. And uh, we really do appreciate you stopping in and helping us out to wrap up the rest of these cards. And uh, I look forward to seeing all of them and being able to play with them as soon as they get released. Me too. All right. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Have fun out there, guys. We'd like to take a moment to thank you all for listening. Again, the Happy Hearthstone is created for you and sustained by you. If you want to continue to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the happy hearthstone. You can join for just a dollar a month and get early access to each and every episode. Additionally, if you leave us a review on your favorite podcast source like Podbean or iTunes, it really helps others to find the show and know that current content is still being made. Finally, if you'd like to join us, we'd love to have you on to talk about your favorite card, your favorite game mode, whatever it is that's Hearthstone related, we're here for you. Thank you again. We'll see you next time on The Happy Hearthstone.